0: Hey folks, welcome back to the InSong Podcast for this two parter on um, Napalm. Di- sorry, carcass. <laughs> um, napalm carcass. Napalm carcass. I'm Mark. Chris is sitting over there. Say hi, Chris. Okay. And Joe's still with us. Hi, Joe. All right.
1: Joe so- McGlynn. Yeah. Joe McGlynn of Man Must Die. The metal band Man Must Die and the
2: podcast. An Alapara pods Queen podcast and the shit you may not have seen podcast. Go and check them out. Yes,
0: there you go. So we have been, we have been sat here for seventeen years, waiting, <laughs> <laughs> waiting, Waitin'. and, and in that time, in that seventeen year span, it's only been a week for you, but we've aged considerably and also produced the merchandise. And
1: you know what? I was not even about to say. And in that seventeen years, Mark had a stroke. I mean, it's entirely possible. <laughs> eh? um, yeah. So uh, yeah, that will that, be a, tra- a tragic <laughs> element uh, in the. the story we're about to return to uh, the story of Carcass Mm. and the Heartwork album uh, we left you last week at uh, Swan Song their kind of ignominious fifth album Um, we're just about to get into their later career
0: before we get into their later career Mark we have Stuff to punt. Yeah, so like I just said, we spent 17 years making merchandise So you can go to unsungpod.com for such merch And see some nice black metal logo t-shirts and hoodies and beanies and cups and mugs and Oh, just, did, all the did nice Christoph stuff Christoph Speidel ever do the logos for Carcass? That's a good question because Oh, right, right oh, I've got an interesting thing that i even said on
2: the fucking podcast, man
0: So, bring it in That's Right, good, well, good Je- Jeff Walker,
2: the singer bass player for Carcass Designed and drew the cover for Scum by Napalm Death.
0: Ah, oh, oh, that's right.
1: Yeah. That's cool. There you go. We should get Jeff Walker to do a line of merch for Unsung. Can you imagine? You yeah, would if he
2: was in such a miserable wee.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you teased. Ex- you, you teased a wee bit. Of this. So first of all, Christoph Schweidel, the Lord of the Logos, the guy who did the logos for everything from fucking Mehem and stuff, Dark Throne, and all those guys, and Rihanna, from, like, and Edgy Rihanna and and, and yeah. Did he do your logo? He did the logo for the Unsung. That's merch. cool as fuck, man. You can check that shit out, including that gorgeous banana yellow hoodie with the black logo on it that were. We just know that weaver's going to wear. Yeah. You hook
2: me up with some merch, man. Yeah. Much as yeah. I'll pay for that we, shit. We
1: need to help ourselves
0: up with yeah, some Yeah, we do. Man. So uh, we do have some customers. We, uh, we sold a fantastic enamel mug. Is that yeah. what I, I... I seen the order, I just didn't see what it was. <laughs> our first order of our merch, we've got other orders, but our first order was the enamel mug. I fucking love enamel an mugs. Yeah, there you go.
1: I didn't buy it though. Perfect for jail. Perfect for jail what do you If um, you want to Napalm
2: somebody In the jail <laughs> <laughs> uh, Do you want to uh, Just give us your, your Jeff story Right well we played uh, In fact we, we weren't Even playing with Carcass We were playing with Exodus We toured with Exodus A few years ago And we are playing a gig In London I think it was Anyway so after the gig and stuff like that You know The, the after show party shit And the guy who was Tour managing us at the time Was uh, Nick Barker The drummer from He was in Craig of And he was also in Demi Borger and all that Really nice guy But he's good friends With obviously the guys In Carcass Group Do you know what I mean mm-hmm. I'm standing talking to To everybody You know Everybody's there and stuff like that There's guys from Exodus there And fucking just sitting Chilling and shit like that Who comes walking up <laughs> Jeff Walker <laughs> So I'm like, you know, I don't really get starstruck, man, Do you know, I, I'm by no means a starstruck by this cunt, yeah. but I was like, oh, there's Jeff Walker. And I was like, all right, cool. <laughs> so he proceeded to kind of just like barge into the conversation and just kind of like be a complete dick.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: Not to me, but just his general vibe. Uh-huh. Um I don't, want to, I don't want to get into too much of what the topics was he was talking about, but I was, I was nothing... Put it there was nothing racist or anything, nothing no, like that nothing.
1: nothing like that. No hot no
2: hot canceling. No no, no 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 no, ca- no 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 cancelling things or anything like that. But just like just not and he's, like, I thought was like This guy's a bit of a prick mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean I was like if I, And I'm looking at him going What a fucking disappointment man I was like a ah, fucking massive fan of your band and your Doesn't d- Ken make a bit of an apology though See, see
1: towards the end Of the interview documentary That you can get on YouTube He's like well you know Jeff can be a bit Aye but
2: see that shit That shit doesn't fly with me man No I, I see that whole I'm a prick <laughs> And I'm like No you're just a fucking prick <laughs> mm-hmm. It's like It's when Conch tell you They're a prick beforehand Aye. But by the way I'm a bit of a prick Well, Instantly I just want to Walk away from you then well, well, never having met them But I will say that Bill and Ken The other no, two guys well, Seem fucking brand mm-hmm. new Well, that's the thing We played again with them Actually, it was Damnation Fest When they played Damnation We played They played in the, the big the big stage We played in the stage below them And I went up Just walking about you know what I mean? During the day before the gig opened up And stuff like that And Bill Stier, I was like, oh, cool Bill Stier And stuff like that And Bill Steer's just Standing about with flares on <laughs> you know, looking, looking like a really nice Just looking like a really nice guy He's just mm-hmm. like, yeah Deadly I turn around and who's fucking standing right in the doorway blocking it? Jeff Walker. So <laughs> I walked up, I was like, Ah, he just looked at me and I went, like, ah, Excuse me, mate. He <laughs> just, he just fucking growled at me, and that's like, Yeah, wee asshole. <laughs> walker,
1: walker, cock block. Ah, he's, yeah. a, he's,
2: not, uh, uh, he's just no my type of dude, man. Well,
1: Ken, good guy. Ken's a good guy, man. Sadly, sadly, uh. Well, not sadly, but unfortunately in 99, Ken suffered a, a stroke was like an aneurysm, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. It, was an, it was an aneurysm that led to a stroke Was it, right? Even then after the stroke, the aneurysm was still there That's so right So it was kind of tough, you know, it was, they it was weren't sure. I think he said there was an 80% chance of them having further problems that, with I, well, He was in a coma for like nine yeah. months, man Wheelchair thought. bound, had to learn to walk, had to learn to drum again mm-hmm. But, um, so, and that... Basically happened in those interim years uh, Between Swan Song And the next album So, let's get back into it Um, As you said, 17 years before they released their next recording They did get together in 2007 For, I guess, playing Ah, It was just tours, basically Yeah, yeah. but there was was nothing came out Until Surgical Steel in 2013 Bill Steers uh, I tell a lie actually maybe this was at one point Bill Steers favourite album by them but I think Heartwork now it is Heartwork I think it is now yeah yeah. Yeah, it's kind of Fairly remarkable In terms of a band That's been gone for 17 well,
2: years You might I, not have expected well, much Well when this came out I, When I found out That Carcass were going to do Another album I was like Oh for fuck's sake Because mm-hmm. how many times Have you heard a band yeah. That you love like You know mm-hmm. like uh, Refused for example yeah. Do you know what I mean mm-hmm. It's like Refused I've to do a new album Oh no and, and then they lived up to the Oh no Because the album they did Was fucking shit <laughs> So when, when they did release Surgical Steel I was absolutely fucking My job was in the floor man mm-hmm. I was like Properly impressed Yeah
1: Even down to the fact that they they managed to get that heartwork guitar tone again, mm-hmm. and that's what I was aye. going to say. Yeah, they they I think they clocked that. I mean, that was their comment about uh, Swan Song was that it would have been better if we'd actually got the tones right as yeah, well. Aye. Um Recorded as a trio, Jeff Bell and the new drummer Daniel Welding. Is it just melodic death metal? I would say
2: so. I aye, aye. I mean, for me, Surgical Steel's like almost kind. Of, uh, I know it sounds like the kind of obvious thing to say, but it does sound like the what they should have did after, after that work. Well, mm-hmm. there is elements of the kind of rock and roll stuff on Surgical Steel mm-hmm. that's on, you know, on Swan Song, but it's not done half-assed. They've done, they've crafted it better and they've kept Their essential mm-hmm. kind of aggression which they kind of lost on Swan yeah, and Song. You know I and mean? again, use this word that's kind of
1: couched in a familiar context, like absolutely.
2: Yeah. Masonically, it had. I mean, they knew that that had. They had to ha- get that guitar tone back. As important as like in Tom's guitar tone, is for example, yeah, yeah. Carcass's guitar tone is just as important to them. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Because nobody has that tone.
1: Key tracks in it: Thrasher's repertoire, mm-hmm. uh, yep. Captive Bolt Pistol.
0: I like that song, it's a really good song. It sounds, the vocals fucking vicious on it as well, man. Yeah,
1: really cool. uh, Non compliance to ASTM F899 12 standard. It's
0: Catchy. definitely not a, what is it, a genital grinder. Yeah. <laughs> They kind of do that kind of weird thing with numbers and the chorus are the granulating dark satanic mills as well. (laughs) I don't know what that vibe is and that record around that But That's a pretty cool song It's got a gang chant in it And stuff like that Which is You know Not something that you hear quite a lot And Yeah That was a highlight for me Um I was going to say that Bill said that He'd phoned up Jeff And said I'm writing some carcass riffs Just now And decided that We're going to go for it But they was also looking at tapes From the 90s Of riffs they could never use Well the Ah yes yeah, right Because
2: the first mm. The first instrumental thing 1985 Is actually a, a thing From back then That they found in a tape mm. they, they, you know, The album sounds like Queen Yeah <laughs> mm. So that just you know, ties cool. in with what you're saying man uh, And then
1: 2021 uh, A full 8 years later Torn arteries uh <laughs> louder sound called A tightly packed masterclass I guess some of the highlights that have been mentioned in various reviews Are Eleanor Rigor Mortis Mm
3: -hmm. Uh,
1: The Devil Rides Out and Kelly's Meat Emporium
0: I like that song It's got a really nice riff And it's got a really fun Descending part About two minutes And it's got Almost like a haunting Guitar bit in in it as well Which It just feels like More of the same But they're kind of Playing with some of the things That maybe like At the gates and stuff Would have been doing You know Like about Way back in the day You know I quite like Dance of X-Tab That feels quite bluesy almost Aye I just mm-hmm. I found it
1: I, I, I mean Putting it on There was nothing about it That you could really be like Oh that's bad But there was just also Nothing about it that I was going to say Exactly There was no defining thing. features To me at all to, to, to me next to Surgical
2: Steel It's like See if they did come out With torn arteries Instead of Surgical Steel I would have had that off For fuck's sake Because I don't really Like the, the last album That much If I'm brutally mm. honest There's songs and bits well, Surgical Steel They came back It almost sounded Like revigorated Do you know what I mean mm-hmm. And fresh It sounded like They had they had their fire back Whereas it just sounds like they' oh, we're doing the next album now Because they've established yeah. they're, a, they're a band Touring and recording again yeah. Which is, seems to be It's almost like The second part of their career You know The second album slump
0: Yeah <laughs> totally yeah. But it their second album You know It feels like They, they really did Peak with heart work Because I, I think for me A lot of the stuff Is quite hard to Catch on to Before that Yep and then everything afterwards just feels like For the most part, like you say, just a bit like oh, A Barfey Swan song, which is a definite low point The other two records are like, well, well I've not heard anything I'm not hearing anything new here I've not exactly. really got much to say about exactly. it you know? Exactly, exactly So
1: that mentioned then, let's uh, talk a bit about 1993's hard work, the 42 minute Metal album uh, Which was a really pleasing 10 track, that's we've, we've spoken about what is my Idea of a perfect album 30 minutes long 42 minutes long (laughs) and 10 tracks is my, is my. Sounds nice, Bolden man. Golden ratio.
0: I'm sub thirty. Anything that can be forty tracks as long as it's sub thirty minutes, I'm happy. See, I'm
1: I'm of the thing
2: now where I'm I just see if it doesn't kick my fucking balls, and it doesn't need to be metal and just any genre if it doesn't get to the fucking point of where I want it to get it to, I'm just like fuck that. I've just not got the patience, man. Do you know what I mean? I look at I actually look at runtimes of albums, and, so and then I go, I'm not gonna listen to that.
0: <laughs> you should try doing a podcast, mate. <laughs> see, the thing is, I so, do I do tour them, yeah. man?
1: The thing is, so you'd all best it in super unknown. Oh I know Soundgarden 72
2: minutes That's too much though I mean Super Unknown feel too much? See Nah I mean I'm a Bad Motorfinger guy That's the the album That got me into them man Mm. Uh, We've we've had this debate In this show before mm as well I like the heavy The heavier Sabathy The lean of We I mean I'm not saying Super Unknown's not a good album It is a good album But for me Like you were saying It's just a nice package To start to finish There's not really that much Filler on Bad Motorfinger for me Whereas Super Unknown's Got some
1: in my opinion I'm going, to, I'm going to refer you back To the grunge did light, Dave, Mixtape Did live. Dave
0: not do A bad more finger For the grunge mixtape He did yeah. He oh. did And I, I took it Down to Chinatown It's a yeah. fucking
2: What <laughs> Fucking behave yourself
0: man. I, was, I was I was off my face And trying my doll For that entire episode So I can't remember <laughs> Can it, then did uh, <laughs> you do uh, I had shingles so. Oh fuck Well we think it was yeah.
1: Pre-shingles Post-shingles
0: it was, okay. it was in, it was, I was around about the period I had shingles Because yeah. I, I was in I've never felt pain like it In my fucking life that Your
2: skin starts to feel All fucking sensitive And raw
0: and shit like that It's basically that? It's the chicken pox fight ah, yeah. what it is yep, But yep. it's like It's like massive chicken pox That happen in one place <laughs> It's just like the audiobook agony. version Of a carcass cover Yes <laughs> we getting all carcass here <laughs> yeah. the subject matter, man it was, it was under my armpit as well So it was Oh for fuck's Jeez, sake lads, Aye, come on. I, well, It happens either there Or like in your, eye, at your eyelids It happens in really Fucking eyelids I didn't get it there But it does happen to people in places Oh, it man. happens in places that it, you really don't want shit happening, do you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I
2: <like>
1: govind, a <laughs> man.
0: Um, Loudersound said
1: of Heartwork, it practically reinvented the notion of melodic death metal on its own. Loudwire said, Heartwork should, by all rights, have broken carcass to the masses. That it didn't says more about the impossibility of the task than any flaws in the stunning compositions. Bill... Uh, yes, Bill did finally, eventually, get over Surgical Steel and settle and this as their best album. It was Licensed to Columbia by Eric and thus was their only real dalliance with a major label. Jeff, uh, talking about why this album is so different, because this album is very different, uh, has remarked that the the whole gore death metal thing became a bit tiresome. He wanted to make something a bit more mature, more of a punk rock spirit. Not exactly protest music, but a bit more profound and a bit more loaded and had a bit more depth to it. Uh, he said that their influences at the time were Thin Lizzy, Pantera, Death and Slayer. Mm-hmm. Ken has said that they were pushing intensity and aggression, but with as much melody as we could. Jeff also conceded that the growth of melody and heavy music, I mean bear in mind that Nirvana and Metallica were like the biggest guys in the block at the time definitely had an impact uh, not just on them but on the entire scene He rejects the idea that the album's commercial, but he says it's definitely more loaded with melody. You know, the verse, chorus, verse thing becomes a feature. Carcass had shifted to that for many parts in the record, and it's interesting. I I think it is just interesting to muse on how even a band as extreme as this can absorb something from the climate, where, you know, because that was an era when otherwise quite heavy music was becoming somewhat mainstream. Ah, definitely. Melvin's and all these bands breaking through. Totally, helmet, exactly.
0: There were a lot of Swedish bands doing some more stuff to this around about the time as well. Ah, yeah, like this mm.
3: Dismember
2: as well and stuff like that, but they were still kind of really. They didn't have the like, the, the songwriting chops. So like mm. so I think that's the big thing for this album for me. Mm. Is the, just the level of songwriting Is, yeah. so, like, is so fucking much better Than the, even the album before And I love the album before But it, it was something completely it's different It's more than just riffs it, For me this record I mean obviously we'll get into it and stuff But for me this record It was so fucking powerful when it came out I mean even, even by the day stands. Out, but I was listening to the day before I came down and that And I was just like Nothing fucking touches this man mm-hmm. in, in this genre of music
1: For me anyway You know we've said it before That sometimes you can have an amazing bit in a song but if it goes the wrong length or if it's, you know, the wrong sequencing or if the part after it goes the wrong length and, or the part before it and you suddenly you're drained... No, it doesn't matter how good that bit is, it never gets a chance to shine and it seems like on this record you could maybe argue that there are bits and moments all over the records that are just as good as a lot of these bits and moments ah, I def- I but the, w- eh? the way they've been constructed to make the best of each bit, the way that the track length is considered, the way yeah. that the sequencing is considered to stop you getting fatigued Absolutely. to keep you engaged, to not drag a, a riff too long so that it becomes tedious and then you tune out of the cool bit after it, it, it does it certainly does a good job of, of reining in and maximising the the potential of, of each of those little mm-hmm. component parts. Key to it as well is like the vibe, I mean the artwork is somewhat iconic, the artwork was by H.R. Geiger you know, we all know H.R. Geiger designed the aliens in Alien if that's your thing it was originally supposed to be a kind of iron wheel with flesh arms and a blood infusion. But uh, just prior to the release, um, in fact, I think promo copies were already out with the original artwork. A bootleg Side album came out called Deny the Cross and it had the yep. exact same Geiger artwork with the fleshy arms oh, wow, and blood. Really um, so the label had contacted Geiger and he actually offered them the chrome I- image instead, which is frankly much, much better. I've you It's the such other a look. striking eye. Yeah. That, for a death metal band. that piece was actually made in the late sixties. Ah, that's it's, right. It's something that kicked around. I think one of the guys from Eric went to his house and actually saw it. And I know that Carcass actually went to. So like a friend,
2: of a friend. That's how they got Initially, they got uh, involved with HR Geiger. Right. It was like they knew somebody that knew him. That's yeah. cool. That's cool. And
1: they were at his house in Switzerland aye. some years later. Amazing. They, they said he was nice but eccentric.
0: Yeah, but, yeah well, I mean you would expect you that to. <laughs> Yeah yeah He's <laughs> um, probably got a fucking Biomechanoid in his fucking Living room or something <laughs> Do you know what
1: I mean So uh, <laughs> before we get into Actually the nitty gritty Of the songs and stuff Let's give it a bit of context Jeff thinks the artwork could have Actually been better As good as it is He thinks uh, it could uh, have Been better Says as we touched on there That the bass is too low In the mix Which we'll talk about In the, the context of the tracks um, He does think that Parachute Street Studios In Liverpool Where they recorded it Was good It was modern And the rooms had, this, had Really dead acoustics Which kept everything really tightly under control, you didn't get loads of horrible bleed, because for that kind of stuff, you wanted clarity and that's one thing that this album does have that everything else lacked basically Um, They almost didn't work With Colin Richardson uh, As they kind of felt At the time That he was getting A bit too trendy Aye because he was
2: doing like Well Fear Facts Was a bit later But aye he was was dealing With like a lot of
1: Roadrunner bands At the time Yeah and basically He was was working with bands That they didn't necessarily Want to get lumped in with Apparently And they met up with him And apparently He was quite upset about it And so they ended up Backing down And working with him anyway Mm -hmm. Um, They also made a mention In one of the interviews About a a laughable offer That they got For Roadrunner Like just a horrendous contract That they, they actually In the documentary they're like, we'll show you it later, it's so funny That's uh, right, I'd never get around to showing it <laughs> <laughs> um, The guitar tone uh, Which is clearly going to be a big feature Of this, owes a lot Like Bill's spoken of this, to the arrival of the PVA, uh 5150 5150- EVH head
0: 50 which is the first one. Eddie Van, Van Halen now um,
2: came out in nineteen ninety two. That's what my, that's what my guitar player uses and has used. Yeah,
0: when I was in False Hopes I had the 6505, which is when Van Halen fucked off to another guitar company they just made a copy of it. It's not quite the same, in it though. No? Yeah, it's not quite the ah, same. It's still good.
1: Yeah, so Bill says he's never heard an amp with that or at the time had never heard an amp with that much low ending drive. That amp on every guitar take As I understand Was double tracked With a Marshall head as Marshall well. Marshall
2: anniversary head Or something Yeah like that. to try and make everything Super quadrupl- chuggy quadrupled It's um, two, two guitars Each left and right
1: And uh, yeah And Bill said He remembered at the time uh, That the album got a quote Frosty initial reception mm-hmm. And pretty much Everywhere he went He got negative feedback From fans And they just thought They had totally fucked up Aye At the time aye
0: Yep They're old school fans anyway Mm. Bill says that they were just really excited To go in a more straight ahead direction The stuff they were working on before the record Was a lot more classic rock era feeling And they were like we were just excited to try and do that And he compares it to Surgical Steel Because the the interview he did with Vice was was then And he's like the thing I loved the most about this record Compared to Surgical Steel which he thought was the best at that time Is like the analogue guitar sound Is just tremendous and it is You know it's it's pretty special the guitars on this record Aye
1: Doing a wee tour of the tracks um, then Buried Dreams Just right away Has the epic opening Sort of attempt Of something like Seasons in the Abyss Or even like Enter Sandman Or something like that First time
2: that they ever Did a slow song as well And opening a record
1: though. It really goes for An iconic opening Gambit yeah. It's got a
0: big Big groove Which is what I liked about it up. Well, yeah. Even the vocal production and the sound of it feels more accessible oh. So I, I can understand why people were saying you're selling out Because you sound a little bit more polished right. and clean But, but
2: at, at the time, I mean, when this when this came out I mean, an extreme metal band to sound that good mm. uh, That's why it was so, like, fucking hell up to that you had like bands like Deicide Whose records sounded good for what they were doing And Cannibal Cops it almost sounded like, dare I say, Metallica level Fucking production for death metal I'm not saying it sounds like the Black Album But you know, what I mean, that sort of vibe yeah, but yeah, the, mm-hmm. the guitars are fucking layered, they're massive the, Like you're saying, the vocals actually sound produced They sound in the music, they don't mm. sound outside the music and even the drums production, I mean, drums sound fucking massive for this
1: record. Yeah. Do you know. just what I mean? in terms of selling out, though. I mean, it's obviously, obviously bullshit. Obviously that's just yeah, a fucking meathead, yeah. shit. That's just meathead shit. Yeah, but there's, the thing is, as soon as he starts singing in the song, you know that it immediately has a ceiling on it that even the likes of Slayer, but certainly Metallica didn't have, because the style of singing is inherently going to limit its appeal. Oh, 100%. I, and I don't mean, in metal circles, it's normal, but what I mean is that crossover mm. mainstream potential that bands like Metallica and even Slayer and stuff like that had, this doesn't have. 'Cause that style of singing is far too much of an acquired taste. Absolutely. As good as it's you know, as well as it's done and as well as it's captured. The guitars do have a big old button in them. Um I agree about the bass being a bit low though, or a bit or maybe a bit indistinct is a better way to put it. Hmm. I think know? where do you fit the bass in that though? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's true. That's true. There's a lot of things jo- a aye. lot of frequencies getting taken up by aye, the size of, of the guitars. The guitars. Aye, totally. Um when the solo comes in I think the the song acquires a sort of template metal quality to it Talking about it paving the way for stuff that followed it in terms of production and arrangement and song length and stuff like that. You can hear just a lot of boxes being ticked by future bands in terms uh, of. Yeah. And, the, and the
2: level of playing from like Bill Steer and Mike Hammett from the album before to this, I mean, the actual lead playing, I mean, besides the rhythm playing being as complex as I mean, because this album's still really complex, Like the rhythm works fucking insane. But the lead work's so tasteful man There's a lot of Obviously Bill being a big blo- You know coming for the Classic rock thing There's He there, manages to somehow Keep that soulful thing That sometimes gets lost In a lot of metal mm-hmm. Guitar solos But it just becomes Fast as fuck For the sake of being yeah. Fast as fuck
0: It's back but to it's, that Classic rock influence yeah, You know I talk, There's a lot of vibrato mm-hmm. and,
2: and shit you know I mean I remember being Absolutely fucking blown away By the guitar playing In this yeah.
0: record You've actually hit on something Which I think is quite important To, to recognise About metal lead guitar playing Particularly guitar solos Is it lacks feel Feeling Which can, you can like your Guns N' Roses And all the bands And your Aerosmiths And all oh, that f- I, I, I All exactly. day long Chris would But, <laughs> yeah, I'll do it but the, the One thing that the players These great players Always have Is bags of personality And feeling In their playing Which a lot of the, Even the fastest Fucking metal guitar players we'll Just have. can't do well, But
2: I may I mean mm. Going back to Queen <laughs> <laughs> But I, Bill Steer said that He was a massive influence on him You can, you can actually hear it all over this fucking album mm. So I Like you say There's very few Metal bands that, that can do that Like you feel the solo Almost I always think of Bill Steer don't fucking laugh at me But I was thinking Almost like a kind of Dave Gilmore Death Metal yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I, I feel the solo I, he's, mm. I don't just go Right there's the solo And mm. the, stru- the structure Is fucking amazing The yeah. solos as well
1: Where I really got Into this album Was in the first minute Or so of Colonel Ford's Second track oh, I, oh, fucking yeah. I definitely much Prefer this approach <laughs> The speed, yeah, you yeah. know, actually, this pushes my converge buttons a bit at points.
0: Yeah, I can actually hear where you would
1: hear that it converts to fast stuff. Uh, the only thing is, yeah. uh, and I'm, I, I want to make it clear, I'm not a big metal fan, right? I mean, there is metal I like, but it's got to have certain things missing from it, and that kind of like one
0: minute five, the kind of B- that's what exactly what I've written as well. That <laughs> <era bit. laughs>
1: Baywatch metal fucking Totally man Yeah, comes in man yeah. Just like Nah man Fucking I'm behave and man the rampage, Brilliant man it's Fucking the, brilliant The rampaging solo Thing as well See that's That's the part of metal That doesn't speak to me At all Because it, it's it's a bit Larpy It's mm. a bit role play To me and I, I like the really pole faced Fucking go for it Sort of intense I like stuff. that as well it's, man Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> It's interesting You mentioned that though Because uh, a player Who has a lot of fuel And who does remind me A lot of age guitar players Is uh, Stephen Broderick From Kevin His lead guitar lines. Oh, Brodsky, Brodsky, yeah. You're too getting much Justin Too much Broderick Justin, him, too much Justin like. But like he's got the he's got the exact same like sensibilities as a guitar player to, to kind of channel that cheesy eighties energy, mm-hmm. you know, which I think it lends itself to a certain kind of feeling. I feel much I happen to like. That's but, the
2: thing. I don't think the soul. I mean, I'm not saying everybody's entitled to their opinion on what the soul. You know, whether you like it or not. But I uh, want they say these souls are cheesier. I think that they're, they're, they're kind of. More, I'm trying to think of what cheese would with entail. I suppose it's different
1: for everybody, innit? This is this is what I do. Your familiarity when you're right immersed in a genre such as yourself. Well, it's then <laughs> you're gonna have, have a more nuance taking it. For me, yeah. as somebody
2: Aye, that guess, occasionally,
1: yeah. I'm just like, no.
2: if it's not your thing, it's not your thing, man.
0: When I when I asked you earlier on about how modern it sounds like, there's are so many metalcore bands that are just that they're playing, they're doing the exact same tricks on guitar and using the exact same strong writing structures. Yep, I'm and Rachel Gage being
2: yeah, the fucking prime the, the biggest one, yeah.
0: But all those kind of bands and even the deathcore bands and the bands that have like escaped metalcore are still, the, the bands, the big bands that escape metalcore are now fucking hair metal bands <laughs> now Because that's the trajectory of, of to take this to its next logical extreme yeah. If you're going to do guitar parts like this and you keep going more melodic Then that's that's where you end up
2: Aye, that happens to like um, a trio, you remember yeah. them? Mm-hmm. They started off as a kind of metalcore band and they, yeah. they went the full Motley Crew. Mm-hmm. And uh, there was the other one Avenged Sevenfold eh, Avenged Sevenfold, say? yep they, I mean they, mm. their second record I think it was Was actually alright mm. At the time I mean you're listening to it
0: And you're like Yeah, we, know, did, we did that A couple of years ago aye, aye, <laughs> I,
2: Because I remember Doing the same thing I was like I'll go back I remember that record Actually being alright And I was kind of like yeah, yeah. But, aye.
1: <laughs> but aye Same sort of thing They became a cock rock band You, you can man. imagine those Steps in those directions Starting as like A wee joke in the practice room <laughs> You know
0: Just as you're warming up Someone's going Do-do-do Ah, do, do, exactly The best fucking example Of it is Parkway Drive They're fucking rotten! But they man But s- they started off As a proper hard Like metalcore band And uh, now they became A stadium band They are literally They, they are literally you
2: know? They make me want To fucking yeah, vomit out I my don't ass, like man. them Can man, I, but can the I just say I've ever heard
1: I can't As an outsider here I can't believe That they sound the way They do for that name It sounds like Deep Blue something Or something like that You know like It would be like in a aye. Like a kind of Backing music In an episode of Friends or something I like like totally that. man Aye
0: are fucking terrible really, yeah, It used man. to be really heavy When they started off Like metalcore Like Killswitch like, and because
2: Kind of LA two thousands, didn't mm-hmm. they?
0: And then it just became uh, they're literally, literally playing stadiums now in Australia. It's
2: a terrible Huge. name. It's like pirate core, man. All the shit sounds like pirate <laughs> fucking chants and shit. Yeah. Nah, it's fucking base level of nonsense, <laughs> man.
1: Uh, track three, No Love Lost. Uh, this is kind of got the Pantera and also James totally. vibes about yeah. it. I think sonically as well, just in terms of the tones as well. I, I frankly, honestly, I find this song a wee bit sluggish. The refrain and the chorus doesn't really do anything See, for
0: me. I like the refrain because it's a, it's a trick they haven't done before. Thinking about songwriting In a deeper level And it does make it Almost catchy as a result Which is Aye. fresh for them I think Aye, I, I agree I mean, I mean You're talking
2: to me here right? I'm, I'm not going to say Anything bad about this record right? <laughs> But I get where you're coming from If you're comparing it To the other songs On the record It's probably the weakest song On the record mm-hmm. But I still I still enjoy it And I get where it is their first real attempt At trying to write Like a hit mm. I don't think it's been intentional But it's very Like you were saying The structure's totally They never really did that before But it's had the first sign Of a, almost like a pop structure mm. Although it's heavy as fuck mm. And a great guitar solo I mean It
0: is a good guitar solo <laughs> I'm just going to say that right I've, I've written here that it's, a, it's a very 80s metal thing But I'm not, I'm not mad about it And I wasn't Because it is You know It's just brilliant And I think that's why I was so taken with this record That's the kind of shit I like about At the gates as well. It's like the outrageous guitars, which is just me all over.
2: See, I'm know? gonna, I'm gonna piss. Probably, I don't know what you think about it. Obviously, you're kind of senior. I remember being at the gates when Slot of the Soul came out, right? Because of the Soul came out run about like, 1994
0: or 95. I was like a year after Heartwork.
2: And everybody was ranting about it And I, I remember listening to it at the time And going it Sounds like a shite of carcass <laughs> So we
1: did an episode
0: in At The yeah. Gates What was it Episode 5 or something like that 9 I think it was Oh uh, right. god L- it was four, 6 years ago nearly yeah. man, Fucking, fucking hell, man.
2: hell He's been doing this for 6 years man Almost yeah,
0: I, love that, I love that record man I think it's a great
2: record See I, I didn't like it at the time Because at the time I thought It's like a shite carcass And I just <laughs> bend. But I mean It's a one trick pony man They are a one
0: trick pony They're man. a total <laughs> one trick pony <laughs> yeah.
2: And I walked out Of one of their gigs Because I was so fucking bored man I can
0: Imagine that being the case, man. I was,
2: but and mm. they're such nice guys, and it's, I felt bad walking out, but I was like, I can't, I can't deal with this, man. It's that it?
0: as fuck. <laughs> Is Thomas Lindbergh the singer? Thomas Lundberg's the singer, I. Do, do you like it? I was totally sidetracked. Would you like this fear? <laughs>
2: They were right, aye. I think really I, you good ever band. heard Skit System? He's no. he's uh, that was a band he was in before he was in uh, at the gates. A, a, a kind of crust band. Check them out.
1: Title track, track four, Heartwork, faster, nastier, more raging, um, quite DBA as well, I think. harmonised guitars, uh, kinda of soften it all up a bit for me though. I get the harmonized thing, I get the charm of it, but honestly I really liked the intensity again of it and I just find that kinda of Dungeons and Dragons campy thing just sort of takes the edge right off what was something that was really clicking with me. <laughs> The, the riff at uh, one minute is great. I wish they would stop slowing those kind of moments down. Luckily, once that kicks in, this this track kind of maintains its, its pace a lot more. Mm. Um, I think it's, it's also got another example of them almost doing a kind of commercial runtime and structure. Oh yeah, like, the, the shape of this song Aye. is something that you could have imagined. Uh, pop metal. I don't, I'm not saying it's pop metal, but well,
0: the, the chorus reminds me of early Metallica. Aye, where they crank out chords It's very
2: kind, that like Injustice for All type shit Mm. Where they would would, would ring out the chords To to rewind a wee bit First thing I ever saw at carcass Was incarnated solvent abuse video And it used to be Do you remember the power of Maybe use maybe a, I don't know if you're maybe a wee bit too young for that. Mm. There used to be a thing It was on at like three o'clock in the morning, like feel like night. I think it started in like 1989 and it ran to maybe like 95, 96. But it was called the Power Hour. And if you liked heavy metal, it was like you had to fucking stay up at three in the morning <laughs> on a Tuesday. So we used to set a time recorder, me and my brother.
0: That's two hours 50 minutes after the Freeview cuts off. <laughs> aye, for the poem. <laughs> uh, I was bye. only 10 years old in 95. Aye. So. aye. Well, for fuck's sake.
2: <laughs> but, uh, right, okay. So, aye, so I saw that and I, I saw the need to Solving Piece video and I think it would have been About ninety two or something. And I thought, fuck me, man, these guys look fucking evil, man. And then my uh, my friend's older brother went to see Body Count <laughs> when they <laughs> when they toured uh, their first record when that came out <laughs> in Carcass were the support band. Wow. Okay. Um and they I I don't think heartwork had been released yet. It was just about to get released and my mate David's brother came back with a cassette sampler and it was heartwork. I think it was heartwork. Carnal Forge and Embodiment I think I think it was like Three songs mm-hmm. On this tape my, my mate put it on We were like Fuck Is that is that, that same band We were like Totally like Fucking hell But it was weird Because apparently At, at the gig It was kind of like I don't think The Body Count crowd Were really Really mm-hmm. digging Carcass that much <laughs> or, you
1: know <laughs> Yeah, I mean? you, you wouldn't
2: think it yeah. Nah Not at all man It's a
1: funny band Body Count You know I mean It's like- That first record's Fucking gold man <laughs>
2: I think you had to be there at a the time, man <laughs> I mean, it's no, it's no good Is but that the one with Evil Dick? Ah, and Cop Killer, Cop and all Killer that on it, yeah. I, I've still got the one, the original one with Cop Killer Because they actually took yes. them all back And then I cut that That's off at right, aye. <laughs>
0: uh, back, back to the song, by the way The, the double track vocals I think that's when both I think Bill's on this one as well with No, Bill nah? doesn't sing
2: anything on this man
0: Well basically the vocals double tracked And it makes it sound quite beefy in certain places And I like the blast beat at the end as well It's just a Is this an artwork you're talking about? Yeah, I, artwork, yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I've
2: Again, I, come at me, man. I, I fucking love this. Right,
0: <laughs> um, I love all of
2: it, man. But again, confession here, man. I'm a I'm an Iron Maiden fan, but listen, I like I'm Maiden only Maiden. an Iron Maiden fan to a point, right? I don't mm. I I don't give a fuck about anything after like 1990, right? Yeah, I don't give a same. fuck. I yeah. love everything for Iron Maiden right up to like Seventh Son or Seventh Son, right? That's my Iron Maiden, right? So yeah. I like harmonies and shit, right? But I only like Iron Maiden, Queen. And Carcass doing them. <laughs> most, <laughs> most other bands doing them. I'm like, get that to fuck. Yeah. I'm like that. But Going back to the song, the, the harmonies are fuck. I think are fucking great, man. You know what I mean? And that, the, see the middle, the middle eight section there, and it does the symbol, does the wee You know, the bottom top of it. There's yeah. this wee symbol kind of thing. I mean, Ken Owen gets a lot of stick in the metal community for being a shit drummer, right? If you put him against somebody Like Pete Sandoval Right That played for Morbid Angel At the time right Pete Sandoval was like Fucking a blast machine Do you know what I mean mm-hmm. Like totally yeah. unbelievable drummer Right Aye He wasn't technically The greatest drummer But he wrote really catchy Drum parts Yeah And I think This album's got loads Of wee drum bits That just really stick out The kind of
0: shit you play In your car steering wheel When you're driving
2: Aye totally mm-hmm. aye And there's a lot of that In this And that song He yeah. does a lot of cool Wee sim- double symbol things That really stand out
0: Lars Ulrich is the same He's exactly. a shit drummer But so many other bands Would not Exist Because of him Exactly, and it's just so simple And does exactly I, but, What you need But that's to the
2: thing As yeah. shit as he is And he is fucking yeah, shit He's really bad He's so fucking bad Right He's literally Fucking I'm better than I'm mm-hmm. shit Right mm-hmm. But I'll give him something And especially In those first five records Right He's got a really Unorthodox way of playing which makes it almost interesting because he does a lot of accents, and you ask really, really good drummers, and he'll say the same thing about him. Mm. He, he accents things where normal drummers wouldn't accent them, so he's kind of in an almost way Like you're saying he's writing drum riffs, mm. but he's not necessarily a great guitar player, like a great drummer. Sorry,
1: see when you get um, a left-handed drummer, but they play open. I like uh, Mike Borden for Faith and, More, and you end up with really odd sort of I totally. tom flams and stuff like that Absolutely. because their arms are set up in position Aye. in ways that actually when you then try and get a right-handed drummer to do it it can be quite hard to translate absolutely i 100% and
2: um Jim him as well um Sonic Youth um that Thurston Moore I mean he was not, a good, not Shelley
1: a, Is that the drummer In Sonic Youth I think Not a good
2: guitar player By any oh, stretch awesome. I mean he would tell you That himself He's fucking not a good Guitar player But did a lot of Unorthodox shit Alright
1: so we're Talking a, guitar. A, a
2: guitar Sorry <laughs> I'm just going back To that sort of thing But I, like, I'm just saying That you you know you don't need To be the most Technically proficient person To be, have your own style And, and make shit cool
1: <laughs> For the one, a better way to put yeah, it yeah. Do you know what I mean uh, Embodiment Fifth track uh, This is proper like, Sleeveless t-shirt metal isn't it Totally Aye <laughs>
0: There's something Metallica-esque About this song I think the structure's Quite cool though Like I like, this, like It's like They've got a, Maybe a handful of riffs In this song And they vary them At different points Throughout the yep. song So it makes it Quite interesting And, and engaging
2: I, One think. Of the, I think Embodiment Was more Mike Hammett Than it was Bill Steele As well I'm not saying that's Because of that That it's kind of cheesier or whatever I don't think that But I think he had More to do with that one Than Bill did
0: It feels a bit hypnotic Because of how long It is as well and That's one of the Longer kind of tracks yeah, The same kind of Cycle of riffs In different ways mm-hmm.
1: uh, This Mortal Coil The sixth one has got some Really triumphant Victory galloping chops In it well, doesn't it, it? Actually, they use a vocal trick in this that I like where they have the sort of reverse vocal before the line comes in. It's quite a nice wee effect. Mm -hmm.
0: There's a couple of really nasty slow sections in this song, like really groovy bits, which I quite liked. They do around about three minutes to transition almost into power metal. Which again, I'm not mad about because the guitars are doing some fucking crazy melodic stuff. Aye, and it's tuned to know. fucking B. Yeah, totally. The <laughs> <yeah. laughs>
1: uh, this of the track Arbeit macht Fleisch, which I'm guessing is work makes you flesh. Aye, I think it's it was it a twist was, it, it was uh, Arbeit macht frei Aye, the thing, thing in the Auschwitz. Work. Auschwitz. Uh, aye. Auschwitz. Aye. Uh, this one's pretty progressive and technical, I think. Um, and there's some great blast bits in it uh, and kind of wee, kind of hardcore aye, flavors as well. Totally. I quite like this one. <laughs>
0: Yeah. So chugging riff with arpeggios in it towards the end, which is really fucking nice, man. Like the last fifty seconds of this song fucking slap. Like it's <laughs> so good. Aye. And yeah, I like I like the speed as well. Like uh, when they go fast, it's fucking brilliant. Like really into
2: that. Just came back to this Mortal Coil though. They were talking about the classic rock thing, obviously becoming a big thing. See the main riff, the dun dead and dead and dun and It's actually a Thin Lizzy riff. Uh, ah, yeah. okay. Aye, in. and and Boz actually yeah. came out and said, "I stole it." <laughs> <laughs> Played
1: it in B. <laughs> uh track eight, Blind Bleeding the Blind. Really cool Initial riff In this one yeah. and It's followed by that Sick dropout thing That mm-hmm. they do um, This song I think Really shows the change And development In the band And mm-hmm. you know Whilst I'm alright With the song I really admire it Because it's just a Great example of You know You put this side by side With something off Reek With something off Symphonies You know It's that. It's crazy In terms of illustrating the the, the progress That the band's made Mm, Um, It it does what it does really really well I think it's actually almost industrial at points And it reminds me a bit of like early prong Or early pitch shift Aye I I get a prong Aye
2: Kind of surprised you like this Because there's a really fucking Slayer-esque Guitar trade-off in this man They they both Uh trade-off But it's fucking It's (laughs) so well done man (laughs)
0: No, I, I like that. I like that. There's a sense of space in this song, and it's really interesting to hear his vocal, like up, clear and personal. Uh, but yeah, that, the, slayer, the the slayer trade-off. I've written that as well. It's a It's fucking yeah, yeah, totally totally cool, man.
1: Uh, nine doctrinal expletives. Starts fucking huge The way this starts I think is the way That Mastodon Wanted to sound <laughs> you know I, mean?
2: well, I have actually Heard that Brett Hines Can't say that Carcass were, a, were an Influence
1: actually Absolutely And this, this tune Just comes out the gates The way I think Mastodon wanted mm-hmm. To come out the gates Aye. It's really expansive um, The dropouts in it Are really tight And really catchy think again, you know, the the traditional metal solo sort of leave me a wee bit cold but I don't think in this one that they undermine the quality of the arrangement for me
0: you know, I quite liked it overall yeah, I can totally hear. Uh, I can totally hear how a band like Slipknot would be influenced by a song like this. I think some of the riffs are, are there in B, I guess, which makes same, sense. Same tuning, yeah, aye. aye, especially with the chugging riffs. There's something about some of the more kind of lumbering Slipknot songs that kind of remind me of some of the stuff like this. And then there's also some melodic death metal riffs that just sound like a other metalcore band that ever existed afterwards. It's <laughs> um, not Carcass's fault, but yeah, <laughs> it's, not, it's
2: not.
0: It's not. But uh, again,
2: I don't think we said this, but the tuning, the uh, thing. I think they were the first band to tune to B I know Black Sabbath Tune to C On uh, Children of the Grave mm-hmm. um, But I think They were the first band To actually go as low as B um, yeah. Especially playing that type of music Because it was all kind of D and shit like that mm-hmm. I think that was kind of When they played at the time They played in D Yeah So I mean They were the first They were doing that Six string guitars So there was a That was another thing I think they were pioneers as, as well You know The, the down tuning thing Yeah They were definitely The first to kind of do that in that mm-hmm. style of music anyway Trouble was another band to, You know Trouble Yeah Aye, trouble. They've been ever playing doomier, kind of Sabbathy type shit.
0: Mm, that's you know
2: interesting because
0: I mean? all the all the classic bands, I say classic like Metallica, Slayer, Megadeth, were all playing an E or E flat. You know, A E
2: flat Slayer was E yeah. flat. Aye, mm. aye, aye totally.
1: Uh, then the tenth track, Death Certificate. You know as a bit of a newbie to metal or like a, a tourist, this one hmm. sounds pretty iconic. Um, I opened the riff, man. The yeah. second verse riff Close. as well is pretty great. There's a lyric in this, way I'm going to try and cut it into here. It sounds like they say, "Here we are in Glasgow." Aye, totally. <laughs>
3: in Glasgow. Um, right.
1: But yeah, it's suitably epic, and it's got a really righteous ending in this one. It's got, got well. a beat down at the end.
2: <laughs> that fuck, that is the that is like the metalcore beatdown yeah, that every totally. fucking metalcore band stole. I mean, arguably Rain and Blood's got the first proper yeah. beatdown mm-hmm. and anything, but but that one at the end of the death certificate is definitely the one that yeah. every metalcore band for Boston just went, We'll just do that, man. Yeah. And <laughs> like, badly, I mean, fucking <laughs> <that.
1: laughs> So like, to to summarise my feelings on it, right? It sounds amazing. It's crystal clear, but it's still dead thuggish. It's Aye, still, still you know, angry, man. It's still unpleasant. Hmm. Um, it's a great length. It feels really well balanced, I would say. I Actually, maybe even slightly prefer the the second half of it to the first half. I can get that's a bit more ang- angrier the further.
2: Yeah, uh, the, the faster
1: half. they are, the more I dig them. That's where it comes down. I mean, as well. Like, I mean, the faster f- and nastier, the more um, I'm into it. When they slow down or when they're like letting rip and wailing, I'm, I'm kind of disinterested, as it feels like the aggression sort of transitions into role play or something like that. Going back to like the whole premise of their nomination, the unsung status. I'm I'm, I'm assuming comes down to how Important it was, and I'm get, you're I'm sure you're going to make a good case for that, um, because I do f- know that from having read a lot of the kind of reactions to Carcass's back catalogue, the likes of Necroticism might be a, a shout in a lot of other people's eyes for their most unsung album. I totally, you know, I would it, say that it I, doesn't I was... enjoy the same prominence as this. Yet uh, it is very, very, very highly thought of in, the, in their catalogue. So yeah. I'd be curious to just hear your final kind of thoughts on. Why this is still you know relatively unsung in the bigger scheme of things
0: um. I really enjoyed it I've never listened to Carcass before Truthfully Oh um, really? Yeah i had never listened oh, to it right, Because <laughs> th- This is one of the Actually one of the reasons I thought you were going to You were going to say it's unsung Is because They're maybe not as influential As a lot of other bands From the era Or bands that would just Really quickly precede them Like At The Gaze for example yep, yep. Who were much Much more influential Swedish Death Metal Was much more influential in, in the melodic side of things
2: But you could argue
0: That
2: they knocked that Off a of Carcass Yeah exactly Which is, a, which yeah. is an actual thing Yeah that I, the, the Swedish mm. bands do
0: say that Yeah and you know? that, that's Exactly why I thought you were picking it because all these other Swedish bands were That's exactly,
2: exactly why I was wanting to pick it. Doing out. that, you know, and I it all goes back to you At the Gates getting their ass licked when I think it should be carcass. It really gets their ass licked.
0: Yeah, because this, this sounds like a like a more complete version of I love slaughter this old man, but it sounds like a more complete version of that record I with song some song more by. more American in it as well. Because you know, because there is Metallica and Thin Lizzy and stuff like that and in Pantera too. So I was quite I was quite taken aback by how mature it sounded given the things that came before it. Uh, but I wasn't too surprised Because I usually listen to everything And then the album were doing So I kind of knew The direction they were going In with surgical steel I mean
2: it's, it's When you yeah.
0: listen to it in Chronological yeah. order You can uh, see you can every see album right? Yeah So for me the jump was like Going from uh, a to To Swan Song And going what and then, and then the other surgical steel going oh And then uh, coming back to hard work all, And yeah. going ah uh, You know what it I mean Makes sense <laughs> Yeah And I know, I know they all make sense in my head um, So no I think in the basis That uh, it doesn't seem to be They don't seem to be As well thought of As many of the bands That would be contemporary to them. Them, um, I would say that's probably quite a good show for being on the song, but that's just that's just my takeaway.
1: Uh, I'm guessing as well. Just I don't want to preempt what you're about to say, but I know that sonically as well, tone-wise, that yeah. guitar has played a huge part in a lot of albums since. then. yep, I hundred
2: percent. I mean, when I remember when uh, Killswitch Engage's second album came out, which people kind of think is their first record, but it's a yeah, album. Yeah. I remember when that came out. The
3: time of-
0: I
2: love it, that record. I mean, I like it as well. Mm. Again, another one. I, I, now, when I listen to it, I'm kind of like, "There's parts it I'm like, eh, but anyway." Mm. bye, so you're, just what you're saying, Chris. I uh, when I first heard that record, I thought these cunts have been listening to Carcass, man, because mm. it, it's it's not the same, but it's definitely trying to be that sound, the, the thickness of the guitar. You know, the guitars. I think that Adam D did the guitar player. I mm. think he produced He produced that record, yeah. too, mm-hmm. and he has a massive Carcass fan. And that was the first time I thought. Right, I can actually hear somebody's blatantly Influenced by it And then obviously as time went on You know, you can see other bands have lifted wee bits But I would say more, if you're looking at What genre that album's influenced the most I would say American Metalcore Definitely, but again, get back to what you were saying About the unsung, that's why I think it is unsung Because people rant about fucking Slaughter of the Soul And I think it's kind of people that weren't there at the time I don't mean to sound like an old bastard and have the authority And what's what or anything like that But I fucking do, right <laughs> <laughs> But you know there was no fucking competition man Do you know what I mean Like you're talking about The songwriting so much better than this Tones are like fucking At just sounds Like every other fucking You know tonally sounds Like every other yeah. Kind of metal band that well, I mean, mean
0: the, the Swedish Chainsaw thing Came from that record Because I think it was Something was broken And they used HM2 for everything For HM2 uh, yeah. They just distained it
2: didn't they They fucking yeah. turned
0: everything up full which, became, which, is, which has become The default metal sound For a lot of bands Aye know. if you
2: go to Kurt Balutas, I aye absolutely Because he just fucking I think he gets sick of that, didn't he You'll know Probably
0: you're a big converged guy, <laughs> No comment. Uh, he does
2: use it quite a lot, and that's
0: why I think like, I think that's
2: what I a bit, a bit, it gets fucking tired, though, man. It's like, here's another band about that chainsaw guitar sound. I'm like, For fuck's sake, where's the hard work guitar sound? <laughs> <laughs> Nobody seemed to really be able to master that. I yeah. think it was a wee bit of fluke, mm-hmm. but. Um, but aye for me This album's just it, It's so important in so many levels To me there wasn't A death metal band Anywhere near as close The songwriting chops That's on this album Man Whether you like it or not The songwriting's So fucking good in this yeah. record Sonically It's groundbreaking It still sounds great You put it on today and it still blows Your fucking dome off man Just like It could have been recorded Yesterday There's no yeah. tropes At the time That kind of date it To any specific You know like Sometimes you listen To certain records You go, oh I can tell That was recorded In the early 2000s <laughs> And mm-hmm. shit like that mm-hmm. It's none of that man It just sounds like A bunch of Guys have went in, recorded, you know Their instruments to the best they could record them Kind of like, you know, Rain and Blood by Slayer Mm -hmm. Right, like you can put Rain and Blood on Right, and it just sounds like fucking They went in and play, go And I've just turned everything up to fucking 10 in the Mm -hmm. desk And everything's distorting, it just sounds raging This album's kind of like that for me It's Mm -hmm. as important as like a Rain and Blood For me, and Rain and Blood's one of my favourite records as well But it's just It stands so far out with everything else It's its own thing and for me, that's why it's it's a fucking classic, man um, I Songwriting, production, fucking everything about this record, man Just perfection for me anyway <laughs> I, may
0: be, I may be proven wrong about this this very year, right? But you can tell the difference in legacy Because you, you were at Damnation last year, Chris And that, I guess, Slaughter of the Soul at Damnation Yeah and Carcass, I don't think are playing Heartwork in full this year, which, which would be, be its 30th anniversary. Right. And I, you can just tell the gulf. You can tell the gulf and influence and, and, and legacy between those two records. Because so At the Gates have been a going concern for when they came back from their hiatus. They've, they've done a few albums. They're still reasonably successful when they do a tour. They don't really need to do the reunion circuit, but they did for that record because it's really well regarded and thought of. You'd imagine a band like Carcass have got capacity and an audience that would want the same thing, but yet it's just not been a, a something that they seem to have yet
1: considered I think it's reflected in the sort of sizes of venues they're playing mm, and
2: yeah. they're playing Slay in Glasgow which oh. is yeah, I, when I found it, they were playing there I was like I thought they'd have played somewhere bigger man. Yeah. Um, I was a bit disappointed actually
1: so oh. maybe that's a decent mm. metric and that's why they're not getting those offers perhaps I mm. I think the people that love Carcass fucking love
2: them but again Every album has their own, their own fan base Because there's guys that love the first record for the noise That's element. maybe it That's, It's maybe it's the fact that fragmented. there's eras
1: Because this is when I spoke to my friend Rick about this as well He said his carcass friends tend to break down into eras Yep totally There's a group that are era one There's a group that are era three That yeah. kind of thing you
2: Absolutely know And that, like you said that could play into why it's kind of You'll get guys going ah, You know I think, I think everything's shite you know after Fucking sickness is a sickness yeah. You know all
1: that Kind of shit so, You know, know what I mean Maybe you're like At the gates Don't have quite as That a big a divide In their
2: fan base you ah, know Not I mean? totally But the bravery fuck, You've got You know were, That's a brave Fucking band man And I just You know Whether <laughs> I liked Album Swan Song Or whatever It came after I, I respect it Do you know what I mean Because that's... I would rather A band did that Than stayed safe And did the same Fucking record
1: Yeah I think the Swan Song blip aside as well One of the reasons Their albums sound so different Is because they were So transparently evolving As music They could barely fucking play as a band In the first record And And then they get incredibly technically good By the later records A lot of the other bands arrive much more fully formed Not Mm. that I'm saying they don't develop But they they are at a certain higher starting point At all And so there's less of a curve on their their development And so Mm. therefore more of a consistent sound More of a consistent identity Carcass were like going from being fucking amateurs To being like Top of the the, the game, Absolutely. you know, across the course, of only five, five years records, really, I mean, that's you know fucking. I mean? That's yeah. I mean,
2: you you don't really normally see that level of fucking genius, if you want to call it that. Maybe that's a bit of an extreme <laughs> way to put it. But for example, like Queen, again, goodbye to Queen, right? Because I'm mm. just got to have goodbye to Queen. You look at their first record came out in 1973. Then their second record Came out in 74 Then they did another album In 74 And that was what it was like Back so then like It was Beach like boys boom, well, boom 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 like
1: Four albums I, in a year I, Exactly
2: something. Beatles as well Whether you like them or not Album 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 With no gaps So you're getting that journey But it's the evolution It's the fucking Look at when they started their recording career To maybe like For the Beatles It was like 8 years recording Or something like that I mean it's unfucking believable Really When you consider what they started And what they ended up
0: I wonder if their legacy Would have been cemented If they were actually around When the metalcore bands Were getting big in the early oh,
2: 2000s Well that's the thing If they hadn't ejected it After Spawn swan song Like you're saying They kept going they would be held up more I think definitely Because I think that 17 year hiatus Kind of did damage, the, damage them in a way But in some ways I was kind of happy That they kind of Kind of like Dallinger escape plan Yeah just uh, I, I like that I like when a band just goes Right we're fucking done It's like we've said everything We're going to say If we continue to keep going We're just going to keep Rehashing the same shit And I think Carcass were pretty Conscious of that When they were recording the last That last record They mm. uh, were well
1: just like well, Where did we go for here Sort of Well yeah. Joe It's a really good shout And it's a band That I'm glad we covered And even though It's you know It's no one that's going to Be getting heavy rotation In my house I can mm-hmm. tell from his big smiley face That Mark was dead into it I it. was dead into yeah, it At least somebody's into it, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it gets <laughs> approval I'm glad you liked it uh, So <laughs> that leaves one There order a business
0: Yes The Nexus It sure does
3: Nexus Nexus
2: Nexus A complicated series of connections between different things.
1: Uh and the Nexus This week It's courtesy of Corey Robinson A man who likes a good low-key flex In in his Nexus choices So we pulled from the tub Ivan Dmitrovich Sirko uh, 17th century Ukrainian general
0: Uh, (laughs) Is that right Mark? Yeah, I think Born in 1680 Something to do with Japariza. He was in and around there Yeah, that's
1: right So we are going to get From carcass To that fella um Now courtesy of a certain Former Radio 1 DJ uh, And the company Samsung <laughs> And Mark being permanently raging All yeah. afternoon yeah. I'm the only one with a Nexus here <laughs> But luckily my Nexus is a fucking epic So uh, strap yourself in lads It's a whole A4 page I can see it from here Yeah totally looks exactly. looks daunting. A- 11, 11 point it, So Michael Amit of Carcass started Arch Enemy in 1995. Arch Enemy played Ozfest many times, including 2005. In
0: case you wanted to check that out and prove it, was that, yeah, that right? Uh, was that uh, that one? I went to the one where Ozzy headlined and System for Down played as well. Where was that until Ozfest? I think that was 2004, maybe. Uh,
2: for last Ozfest I went, it was 1996.
1: I have a feeling that um, Arch Enemy played 4 as well Mm -hmm. Uh, Anyway, so Ozfest, Ozzy Osbourne, obviously Ozzy Osbourne's guitarist on Blizzard of Oz was Randy Rhodes Uh, Randy Rhodes once taught a 10-year-old girl called Janet Robin guitar Uh, (laughs) Janet Robin was a member of a pop metal act called Precious Metal That formed in the mid-80s in the States And never quite got really famous Although I think you can book them For weddings and bar mitzvahs nice one. These days Wow In 1989 Precious Metal recruited Just some Random dude called Donald Trump For a music video <laughs> uh, He initially said He would do it for 10 grand Which he was going to give to charity That he pocketed because he's a cunt That's the kind of smashing guy he is So you've you've managed to get Nazis in it already (laughs) Aye aye. So Donald Trump did the video But when he heard that MTV was pretty interested in it He decided he wanted 250 grand His fee went up
0: Of course it did 250 (laughs) grand He really is a a sump human
1: bastard um, Which the band couldn't afford So they had to reshoot the video with a Trump double What a shame And it flopped So I was thinking about this. It must be so fucking weird to be that band and know that they could probably have ended up quite fucking famous. I know. Uh. If Donald Trump hadn't put his feet up by a factor of fucking 25. Um, One of the many members of Donald Trump's orbit uh, in recent years to be convicted and jailed was his original campaign manager in 2016, or 2015 actually, uh, Paul Manafort. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. Paul Manafort, got nicked and jailed after his name was discovered uh, in a thing called the secret ledger uh, when he was making illegal payments to corrupt pro-Russian Ukrainian officials. Um, that secret ledger was recovered for the home of ex-Ukrainian prosecutor general Viktor Chonka after Viktor Yanukovych and all of his senior staff crew had fled. Do you remember the Maidan? The Maidan? I, yeah, 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 so yeah, right. basically they all bolted because they were going to get lynched mm-hmm. and... Uh, That left their homes unguarded A good day for democracy uh, in that part of the world Yeah well That ledger was found in the home of Viktor Pichonka by members of Right Sector after they entered the abandoned premises. Right Sector has a strange and ignominious and I would suggest quite frustrating history. Um, At one point the group were literally named more often in Russian TV than Putin's own United Russia Party. Such was the level of propaganda surrounding them. They serve basically as the ideal object of putin's far-right fantasies about ukraine you know there's stories of them are spun to justify the imperial land Mm. grab that actually lies behind russia's 2014 annexation and then subsequent 2022 how would they
0: related to the azov battalion
1: are they uh well in the sense that they're a broadly right-wing ukrainian thing so
0: but that's the only relation there's no
1: i mean uh, there'll be crossover in membership i'm sure but i'll i'll get to that so true stories exist of right sectors, anti-Semitism and far right affinities um, and yet they're also merged with these elaborate falsehoods about the size and scale of their role in Ukraine their significance basically that's where in the Russian media people like this and people like Azov become incredibly useful because you can inflate them into these incredible giants that run the entire fucking country when in fact they're a bunch of fucking psychos and, and actually in saying that right sector is more nuanced than that anyway, um, the president in the Maidan was actually protecting the right flank of Ukrainian protesters uh, and pushing back actually really effectively against police that were trying to rush them. So they actually became somewhat revered for protecting the crowd in mm-hmm. that context. However, that was then by accounts of them handing out far right propaganda on the square during the protest and obviously it was a, it was a long protracted thing. Um, Later attempts by the leader of right sector, uh, Dmitry Yarosh, to work with Israel to protect Jewish monuments in Odessa probably seemed a bit like too little too late. It was a sort of trying to sort of restore the image and shake off some of this fucking odious shit that they saw. Because they're, Ukrainian nationalists and very much against the Russian annexation and I think they realised the damage that their right wing credentials were doing and the way that they were feeding into that Russian narrative mm-hmm. about the Nazis you know running Ukraine um, so they did get involved with Israel protecting Jewish monuments and stuff in Odessa but you know it's maybe a bit too a little too late to salvage a reputation however a campaign of anti-semitic graffiti and vandalism at Jewish memorials and graveyards in Crimea was seen as a a blatant attempt by Russia at a sort of false flag, to be honest, not least because they didn't seem to be able to spell right sector's name properly (laughs) or draw their logo facing the right way. That's not very good. This is kind of to illustrate that right sector were guilty of being these far-right fucks for a long, long time and being scumbags and handing out scumbag right-wing literature. Russia seized on that, but then saw the opportunity to just inflate and inflate and inflate their role and then also start trying to sort of, it seems like, staging these attacks on these graveyards whilst also not doing the research well enough to get their logos right and stuff like that. So anyway, yeah. In May 2014, 40 armed persons of the right sector tried to force their way into a nuclear power plant two months after Russia invaded the Donbas region of Ukraine. Uh, they were stopped for entering that nuclear power plant by Ukrainian police and that power plant was the Zaporizhian power mm-hmm. plant. It's the largest nuclear power plant in Europe and is situated near the city of enero in the Zaporizhian oblast, uh, currently occupied by Russia, as we say. Uh, the Zaporizhian host is a historical name for the army originating in Zaporizhia which counted Ivan Dmitrovich Sirko as one of its most famous members The Nexus is complete Yes Your history oh, yeah. lesson for today ends here Apparently the Russians have put explosives on
0: Zaporizhia Yes that's pretty terrifying talk about them yeah. mining the towers Which is, yeah I mean, they may not launch a nuclear weapon But they might do something just as fucking horrible That is, that is a nuclear weapon <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, yeah
1: Scary uh, Mark, we are trying to finish something that's a wee bit special it's all to do with schedules allowing because there's a third person Mm. that we need to be part of it. That third person is, of course, Chris Moyles. (laughs) And he's pretty busy. Very um, busy working on his script, <laughs> working on his penis jokes, yeah. Um, but yeah, we need to try and uh, get the final part of this episode done for next week. Mm-hmm. So, we're not going to announce it on this show in case that doesn't happen, mm-hmm. and then it'll all be seamless. And you'll just assume that the episode that happens was the one that we intended in the first place. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's how we roll these days. But uh, Joe, thanks so much for coming on. No that problem, was excellent man. Man. I like um, fun, man. Again, if you're listening to this, go and listen to Joe's, well. Either of Joe's podcasts Joe You want to say them In your own broad accent Alright
2: uh, It's In The Lap Of The Pods Queen podcast um, You'll get that
1: one Spotify All
2: the other shit um, The other one's called The Shit You May Not Have Seen Podcasts Where we talk about films That are kind of obscure Kind of similar to what you guys do We find they a bit unsung In some way mm-hmm. And Joe is a member of Man Must Die y- Yes I am We have a new album out If you fancy checking out Check it out If you don't, don't. <laughs> <laughs>
1: The hard sell The hard sell (laughs) I'm not going to
2: sell it Fuck it (laughs) Alright Let's uh, crack on some Radio X Yes And fucking hang myself
0: Yeah Or hang myself (laughs) Yeah I'm getting PTSD Just thinking of it Bye bye Thanks See you later